Welcome to More Than Movies. I'm Ivana. And I'm Jay. It's that time of year again, folks. Ivana and I declare the definitive top 10 new TV series of 2018. It's time for a top 10 turf war. This is it. The first top 10 turf war of the new year. I love these. Ivana and I are always, always, always recording what we watch on TV and on the movies. So this list is very easy for us to put together because we're doing it all year round. Right. The only thing is at the end of the year, you're kind of scrambling to get in all those shows that maybe you didn't get around to, but you want to make sure you've seen them so that you can say with a confidence, you know, the top 10 best television shows or movies that's coming later of 2018. I know there are things on your list that are not on mine. Some of these I don't think you've even watched. Some of these I don't think you've even watched. I'm excited. Ivana, what is the number 10 television series on your list? It's a Netflix series, I think, uh, called Safe. And it's starring the same guy who did Dexter. Give me just a little bit about what this show is. I've never even heard of it. I binged this in like 24, maybe 48 hours when it came out. It is just one of those mystery television shows that captures you. And you're just going, you're like, I need to watch the next episode to see what happens. Essentially, he has a daughter who goes missing, and he needs to find out what happened. And is he a detective or somebody who's at all qualified to go looking for the answers? He is a passionate dad, and he is linked in whatever way to everything that's going down. How many episodes? I don't remember. Maybe 10? Okay, that is a big binge-worthy show, so maybe I'll have to get in it. Eight episodes, that's what IMDb says. I think it might even be a limited series. That's even better. That is like, you you do it and you're done. You're done. What's yours? My number 10 is already into its second season this year. It came out winter of 2018, and it is The Resident. I saw approximately one episode of this show, I think. I didn't think I'd like this show. I saw the first episode, and... It reeled me in a little bit, but then it got more and more interesting. All the politics at play in a hospital. It is fascinating to me, and it makes me angry and cringe, but God, I love the cast. I love the young, hip cast. Do you still watch it? I do. I watch it every week. I am caught up. Wow. Okay. That sounds like a show maybe worth noting. Maybe I didn't see this one. I don't remember. (laughs) Well, there were so many drama shows and so many hospital dramas. I think this is the only hospital drama on my list because you can only really have one that you love and everything else falls to the wayside. That's true. I definitely agree with that sentiment. All right. Let's go on to number nine. In the number nine slot, I have a comedy by Elizabeth Merriweather Single parents. I I don't have anything against this show. I, I think when I do watch it, it's funny. It just didn't make my top 10. I find it really funny. And as the show continues to go on, I am more and more into it. It definitely did not have the strongest first two episodes. I think it started to find its legs around episode three. 
but it's continuing to get stronger and stronger as time goes by. And to be honest, it's a really great break from your day. It's super funny. Who knew that, you know, um, Lighten Meester was funny. She was originally Blair and Gossip Girl, but she's funny. I can watch her. As funny as the adults are, those kids are great. Oh my gosh, the kids are awesome. There was an episode this week with the twins, and I loved it so much. Yeah, I think that's what what keeps me coming back, because Becky watches it. So I'll pop in every once in a while and be like, you know what, I'll watch this with you, because I know those kids, and they're like up to no good, and I dig it. To be honest, this show isn't going to be like an Emmy Award winner, I don't think, but it is going to be a show that is... Really, it just brightens your day. It's easy to watch, and it's funny. It's definitely one of the better network comedies that came out this year. I definitely, definitely agree. Actually, I don't really have very many comedies on my list this year. Um, The closest to it is, I think, I Feel Bad, and that's just below. That's like number 11 on my list. That's a little lower on my list, but I also really enjoy I Feel Bad. All right, my number nine. Look, we talked about it. We knew I was going to watch this. Nathan Fillion, Steal My Heart in The Rookie. Ah, yes, The Rookie. I watched three episodes and I was like, this is not great. And then something happened over the Christmas season and I did a little slog through I am way back into it now than I ever have been. Really? Okay, because when we originally talked about this show, um, you really liked it right from episode one. I was not that into it. And after some discussion, we decided it's just not for me. Yeah. The first episode I I loved. And then I watched the second and third. And I was like, ah, I don't know how much I'm going to be digging this. And then I like gave it a little bit of a break. They accumulated on my PVR. And then I went to town and I got to say that fall finale was exceptional and everything that's come back for the most part, it's pretty good after the fall finale. Uh, But that fall finale blew my doors off. I don't want to ruin it, but he had to go through something that no officer should ever have to go through. Maybe I'll just watch that episode. I really love Nathan Fillion. I really wanted to love this show, but the episodes I have seen just did not capture me. I think the format doesn't get me. There was an episode where um, all the cops are competing against each other. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. I don't know. I just... The show doesn't grab me, even though Nathan Fillion is lovely. All right, let's move on to number eight on your list. Number eight on my list is another comedy, but this one's a little bit more dark. It's Barry. My number eight on my list is Barry. Nice. Yeah, oh, we my got God. <laughs> Same spot. <laughs> Honest to God, this is, I think, I'm looking at my list. I think this is the only true comedy on my list. And wow. it is quite the comedy. It is quite the comedy. Oh, it's so delightful. Is it a limited series? WTF? I think it's coming back. I love how quickly I got through this. Well, actually, I watched it week by week, so it wasn't that quick for me. Oh, for me, I waited till it was all done, and then we binged it in a night. It's one of those shows that I think is better binged. And if you have no idea what Barry is or what we're talking about, 
It's Bill Hader as a hitman who joins an acting class and changes his life. But he kind of can't get out of the industry just yet. And it is very funny. And dark. And like great very deaths. Dark. <laughs> we both recommend Barry. It's one... If you haven't watched yet and you're looking for something, go for it. Number seven on my list is definitely in the dark vein and has a weird comedic element, at least to me, (laughs) but it's not a comedy. Uh, It is the very famous stalker show called You. I understand that there are parts of that show that are very comedic. And this is probably the best guilty pleasure show of 2018. And if you haven't checked it out on YouTube, uh, Netflix, I'm going to say go and do that. But I can't say that it's a great show. (laughs) I mean, I binged it in a night, but I was like, why am I watching this? I I needed to watch it in like two to three episode spurts. I don't know if it's because it's the year 2018 that it came out in or and the Me Too movement had happened and we are just hyper aware of all the toxic relationships in the world. Also, our world is just, you know, kind of crazy right now. Um, something about this show felt like it just hit the nail on the head. It is a romantic tale about a guy who stalks a girl, knows what's best for her and actually ends up wooing her into a relationship. If you haven't seen it, Check it out. I haven't seen a show quite like this, I think, ever. This is actually the second Gossip Girl alum on my top 10 list this year. Penn Badgley, if that's how you say his last name, it was in Gossip Girl and now is in this show. And in Gossip Girl, I would never have thought he was the creepiest human on the planet. But his acting skills are so on, like, another level that I now don't know if I will ever see him as not creepy. I'm sure he can act his way out of this because he acted his way into it. But for now, my God, creepiest man alive. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to stipulate something before we go on to my next pick. Uh, if you're joining us for the first time as a listener of our top 10 television shows, something we didn't stipulate up front, these have to be shows that were released to at least us in 2018. That means if it's a show that came out somewhere in the world, but we weren't able in North America to have access to it, then it didn't come out till 2018. We go by when it is available to North Americans in some form. That's correct. Usually U.S. release dates. That's right. Uh, and And we'll get a little more into that closer to my number one but yeah but let's go with my number seven number seven on my list i i like the way you described you as dark and 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 a little bit funny at least to you because i found this this entry simply hilarious but the content is very dark and that is the wonderful killing eve oh Okay, put a pin in it. We will put a pin in it. Yeah, that's coming up later in my list. <laughs> I thought Killing Eve was wonderfully funny, too. <laughs> I, just that killer is so great. 
So great. But let's not talk about it right now. We're going to skip back to me. Yep. And my number six is another comedy, one that I think maybe I'm the only person in the world that just loved, uh, but I did. Oh my God, this better not be the neighborhood. Alex Inc. Fair enough. Okay. I, I mean, look, it's based on a podcast. There's a couple shows that came out this year. Based on podcast. Yeah. I think Alex Inc. is uh, based on Gimlet Media's like beginnings. Yeah. It's based on the startup podcast. And I have to say, I thought the show was amazing. I'm looking at it on IMDb right now. It has a 5.8 out of 10 rating. I don't understand because I thought it was one of the funniest shows. I thought Zach Braff was delightful. I thought that Taya Sarkar was also delightful. I really enjoy shows about entrepreneurship as an FYI. Silicon Valley is one of my faves as well. So maybe that's it. I think that is because I don't like Silicon Valley and you tried to get me into it. And the same thing happened with Alex Inc. And I was like, I don't, I just don't, I'm not rooting for anybody. Why am I not rooting for this guy? I don't oh, know. I, I love Gimlet Media. I'm a big podcast I rooted fan. for him so hard. I think it's because I have an entrepreneurial spirit. So watching people start companies and make a difference in the world and like try to build something is so encouraging to me. And it's, you know what? If you have your own business, watch this show. Watch Silicon Valley. <laughs> Check out Alex Inc. It is so good. I don't know why the world doesn't agree. <laughs> so what are, we're on six. Yeah. What's your number six? My number six is the chilling adventures of Sabrina. All right. That didn't make my top 10, but it's not too far off. I don't know what it was. So this came out at the same time as the ha- the haunting of Hill House. Or Did you even ever see it? I sure did. And I, I, I did not get through it. I did not. I think I like my horror in short bursts. I don't love it in in full TV series. Because it's, right. it's... We'll get to it. We'll get to I it. I get we'll, spooked. I'm just going to say it. I get spooked. We're so, going to talk about this in a second, mister. Fair so enough, let's talk about wait. Sabrina. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. What a fun spinoff of Riverdale. And it's its totally own unique thing. It is its own unique thing, and it was really kind of fun to watch. But really, really dark. Like, I do not remember Sabrina the Teenage Witch, even in the comic books, being this level of satanic worshiping. But I love it. I, I think it's a it's its own thing. I really enjoy it. I know that Riverdale's taken a weird, dark turn, so this sort of fits into the world a little bit better. But man, I think the cast is great. I think the idea of her trying to walk in both worlds when nobody's allowed to do that. Look, I love those supernatural shows where, you know, the Buffy, if I can, kind of has to go and do it her own way. And Sabrina definitely does that. Although the thing about Sabrina is she just really doesn't care what people say. It's like, you know, you shouldn't (laughs) raise that demon. Oh, you're right. I'm going to raise that demon. You just... Just listen. Yeah, that's fair. I think maybe that's why it didn't quite make my top 10, although I do like the show, and I definitely recommend anyone watch it. I don't know if it's quite top 10. Oh, maybe it is. I mean, it is very, it's fun. It's an exciting show. It turned out to be a show that even when the special came out at Christmas, 
I immediately flipped to it. Whatever I was doing, I stopped and kept going with that show. That is worthy enough to uh, put it on this list. And I will say, every single show on this list, I'm either current or I've finished. Uh, all right, we are in top five territory. This is serious, people. Also, I feel like we are doing this in record speed, I just want to say. We have a lot to say, and and we know what we want to say, and I think that is a new 2019 resolution that we've never had before. <laughs> all right. Now that we are in the top five, we get to The Haunting of Hill House. All right. I'm glad it made your list because you hyped this show hard. All right. I love horror movies. I think they're so good. I like being, well, I like the whole spooky thing, although I rarely get spooked. You never get spooked. It's very rare. Uh, This show fucking spooked me out. Um, when I got to the end, because uh, at first I would take, like, I would watch maybe like three, four in a row. But when I got to the end and I was like binging it like crazy, I legitimately just at nighttime, like when I finished the show, it was the last episode. I just finished it. I think I finished it at 2 a.m. in bed being like, I need to finish this. What's happening? And I had to go to the bathroom and I was like, oh God, it's so dark out there. Oh my uh, God. <laughs> like, I know I'm going to see like figures and shadows and I know it's just my brain and nothing is real, but man, this show just got under my skin and I found it legitimately frightening. And I loved that. What I think though was the most scary about it and maybe what got me is that there wasn't that many jump scares. That was very true. In the first episode, it was very, oh my God, what's going to happen? And then a door rattled or the doorknob just turned. And I'm like, God, like, why am I so on edge watching this? And I think my thing is I like horror movies because I know after the hour and 20 minutes, I'm good. But this is not that. This is... No, this is like... Here's the next episode and you're like, no, no, I don't want to do that again. Yeah. Like it's like, well, it's maybe not 10 hours, but like, I think it's 10 episodes of you actually being afraid of really small things. And that's, what's really frightening. The artistry and production design of this movie were crazy. Like you can watch it. And if you're not paying attention, you will miss the ghost that's just hanging out behind everyone. And if you're not paying attention, Ivana just called this a movie while talking about the art direction. That means she loved this show. It's movie-like. And I think that's that's just it. Like, I, I definitely, obviously wanted to give it a shot for this podcast, but I think I, I just couldn't keep going. It was too it scary. It is beautiful. It is all those things, but it didn't make me want to keep going. I, I Look, I'm really, really glad it's on the list. It was visually stunning. I just couldn't keep going. Uh, my number five on my list is also in its second season. Another winter release, and that is Ryan Murphy's 911. Oh, I did not watch this show. It's very procedural. The 911 calls are great because you hear somebody coming out for some reason and then you see how they solve the problem and every problem is insane. Like from a guy who cemented his head in a microwave and they've got to get it out 
And then you have the story of these firefighters and police officers and paramedics that is actually compelling to keep going. Season two started with this mad, holy crap, with an earthquake. And it was like three episodes of aftermath from this earthquake. It was fantastic. Uh, and it's it's just about these firefighters, paramedics, and police officers in L.A. who have to deal with this shit every day. And I love it. It came out in January. And uh, like I said, already in season two. You know, you've convinced me I'm going to watch this show. Because sometimes so. a good procedural is really worth your time. And they get they go to like three or four calls over the course of the episode. And they're all pretty interesting. And Becky can't watch it while we're eating because there's sometimes blood. Oh, she can't. She can't eat what with blood. She doesn't want to eat when like she knows a guy has been impaled and they have to saw through something or what. What there was like a tapeworm episode where she almost vomited. I think that maybe there's something wrong with me because I love <laughs> that stuff and I can easily eat. <laughs> we're on to number four. See. You know, now we're getting a little bit more lackadaisy about how we're going off because this is the top five. This mattered. Uh, this one, I don't know how, how much we're going to go back and forth because I don't think you've seen it. Hit it. Altered Carbon. Haven't seen it. This is a Netflix original that came out in the very beginning of 2018. If you haven't seen it, which I imagine most people in this world haven't, you should really do yourself a favor and check out this world. And this was a Netflix show, right? That's correct. This is pure sci-fi, like hardcore, deep sci-fi. The world that it takes place in is Earth's future. It is a hyper-capitalistic future for us. In addition, there is a new technology that basically allows us to download our brains into discs and then put those discs into human bodies. So a lot of poor people um, will essentially give their bodies over in to be inhabited by these discs. Do they get money for that? Uh, their family, I don't remember because, again, I watched it so long ago, but I think maybe their family gets money. If you cannot afford to buy your body back, then they can do whatever they want with it. It's like an organ donation but of your memory. No, of, of your body and someone else's memories get put in. Oh, they get implanted. I see. Oh, that's fascinating. So it's sort of like Get Out. Yes, exactly. It okay. is kind of like Get Out. Interesting. I like that a lot. Yeah. And there's all this political stuff about like, what's the right thing to do and what is the value of human life? It's great. This is a show that I cannot recommend more. For a long time, it was in the number one position. Okay. I... This was in the number one position for a spell, and uh, I know you haven't seen it. I think I told you about it. And a lot of our United States listeners uh, probably haven't seen this either, because this is a reality show that takes place in Canada, and it Wait. is about... Go ahead. We can't do reality shows. Sure. Why not? It came out in 2018. I'm, I haven't even told you what it is yet. I know. It's only scripted series. No, it's not. We never made that rule. Yeah, we absolutely have made that rule. That's why there's no documentaries in the film category, too. No, I know that, but the, I did not know that we couldn't do a reality show in this because this is this is too important a topic to ignore. 
I'm going to say, let's talk about this show. I don't think it counts. The show is called First Contact, and it is about a group of Canadians from all across the country, white guys who have a beef with the First Nation people of Canada. And they pick them up and they say, cool, here we go. We're going to go fly you to all these areas where the indigenous population lives. And you're going to see how they live. Oh, my God. There was a time where I almost made a documentary that sounds exactly like the show. Well, I'm going to say as a Canadian who has never been to a reservation or really ever known anybody who is full First Nations eye-opening I, I thought this show this show blew my mind apart with what they learned with who wasn't changed by it with who was changed by it all i gotta say is for people who think well they don't have to pay taxes and they get all this land and blah you like it is eye-opening how amazing this series is it's called first contact there's four episodes it played on the First Nations uh, network, the uh, APN here in Canada. And man, I loved it. Like I, I, I told everybody I could, you got to PVR this show. You got to watch this show. It is amazing. You actually absolutely were like neglected to tell me about this show. Just FYI. I will go back to our transcript. I am sure I have. Guaranteed you did it because... The concept alone, um, when I, for a long time, I wanted to do a documentary, um, and whether I produced it or I was in it, and it was kind of like a self-documentary, where I would go, and, and the key of the documentary was you would have a very middle-class person who um, is not rich, but also not poor, and who has, you know, advantages in life to go and live on a reserve and to just learn what is it, what is it like, how, what is life there? And it sounds very much like this show. It was fascinating. The, the amount of knowledge I learned about the schools was, I mean, it was heartbreaking. I'm glad that we talked about it, but I don't I, know if a a documentary reality series can be considered because it's not the same thing as a scripted series. I, well, I won't add anything. We can take it out, but I'm, it stays in my heart as my number four of the year. With that said, what is your number three? Number three is another comedy. I'm actually a little bit surprised. It's not on your list. Ooh, what is it? Cobra Kai. Yeah, I haven't watched it. I mean, I remember telling you to go out and watch it. <laughs> you know, I remember telling you to watch First Contact. You definitely did not. Uh, Cobra Kai, uh, to go from something that's like so important to something that is the exact opposite. So ridiculous. Yeah. It's um, the continuation or almost like the sequel, but as a television show and a comedy to the karate kid um it's a youtube series and man is it fucking funny and i think my favorite <laughs> part is that the bad guy is our protagonist and you just love him so much 
is this canon? Like, does this actually, like, if you're building a universe, is this in the universe? Like, oh, 100%. It's canon. Okay. It's like rooted in canon. And that's what makes it so good. Yeah. That, I mean, that's pretty awesome. Like, I can imagine the amount of jokes going back to the first Karate Kid. Like, I'm sure the skeleton Halloween suit pops up again. There's so much that... Okay, and the best part is I had never seen Karate Kid. What? Yeah, I had never seen it. I don't know. Why? I think it was just a little bit before my time. You know what? We're putting that on the season three watch list. You're going to watch the Karate Kid. You're going to watch how... This guy tormented poor Daniel's son. I watched it actually for the first time about an hour before we started Cobra Kai. So I'm up to speed. Although I have not seen any of the sequels. That's fine. But I did. I watched it because since Cobra Kai was coming out, had to see it first. So uh, we watched Karate Kid and we went right into Cobra Kai and we finished Cobra Kai so fast because it is so funny and just so much fun to watch. To be honest, it's better. It's better than Karate Kid. I'm sure it is because they have all the time to set it up and do things with it. Yeah. Like, okay, the IMDb rating of Karate Kid is 7.2, which is a fantastic rating for, uh, you know, a a kid's movie. But Cobra Kai is an 8.9 and it deserves that 8.9. All right. Well, my number three. All right. Well, in Canada, this show came out in 2019. But I tell you. It is a 2018 show, and that's because in the United States, the DC Universe launched with this as its title show. But the DC Universe program, subscription program, not available in Canada. So internationally, this show was released in 2019 on Netflix, and the show is called Titans. Okay. As you know, I am superheroed out, so I have not seen it. Tell me about it. So Titans follows Dick Grayson as Robin trying to get out of the shadow of Batman. He's now a detective in Detroit and he starts meeting other Teen Titans members. It is dark as hell, which I did not see coming because every other reiteration of Teen Titans has been like really campy. This is not that. There is a lot of death. There's a lot of killing. There's a lot of blood. There's a lot of gross there's a lot of sex, and it is a great show. I binged this thing in two days. You did tell me about this one, and I had planned on watching it, but then I didn't get around to it. But it sounds actually really good. And for some reason, I've always been super into Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson is someone to be super into. He is fantastic in this. And he plays Nightwing. Like, is he Nightwing already? No. He's still running around in the Robin uh, gear, but he's rejecting Robin. Okay. So it's very conflicting for him. Very cool. And the show ends on like the biggest what the fuck ever. It looks pretty cool. I'm looking at some screenshots. The show looks very watchable. All right. We are now on to what are we on? We're on number two. Oh, my God. The top two. All right. Top two. Where are you going with your two? I don't even my- know. <laughs> Can I guess? Yeah. Killing Eve. That's correct. Boom. I've been listening. <laughs> 
Killing Eve, in my opinion, is the second best show of the year. You know, maybe first, maybe as I say this, I'm changing my mind a little bit. What? Yeah, I'm changing my mind. My number two show of the year, which maybe it's even falling to three, but it's definitely in the top three, is Homecoming. Wow. I did not get into this show at all. You are all about the Gimlet podcast issue. Yeah, I really am. Not only that, um, I just, I think I've realized that the creator of Mr. Robot is exactly the person who, like, I, I'm obsessed with his work, clearly. I don't get it. Like, I don't get it. I gave it two episodes. I thought I'd keep going. It is a hard thing to get into. It's really dark. It's really easy to watch for me because they're half-hour episodes, and yet it's a drama. And I'm beginning to think that maybe comedies should become 45-minute episodes and dramas should become 20-minute episodes. That just feels right. I agree with that because my number two is a half-an-hour drama, and it works so well. It works so well. Oh, that made it to your list, huh? There's you don't two- even know. Oh, I know, because there's literally two half-hour dramas in this 2018 year. So Homecoming f- grabbed me because I found there was so much injustice uh, in the way that governments use soldiers and humans as if there are things that can be played with and experimented on without their knowledge or consent simply because they agreed to be part of the army. I feel very strongly about the value of human lives, and I guess I think these things are super unethical. This is a a, a thriller and a mystery set under the guise of, and you find out pretty quickly, so I'm not completely ruining everything for you. Um, this is a homecoming center for people who are in the army And it's to help soldiers transition into living, um, going back to life to prevent PTSD. Uh, And they are conducting a medical clinical trial without the knowledge of these people. Which is also being run like a corporation. It's not the government. It's, It's a private company that's a corporation that is doing a trial with U.S. soldiers um, to present to the DOD and perhaps to use more widely. And uh, where it goes and what the mystery like turns out to be and everything, oh my God. Um, it should be noted that this is a fictional show. However, at the beginning of every episode, it says... Um, this is a, something along the lines of this is a work of fiction, plus it's coming from anonymous sources. I was just enthralled. I wanted to get to the mystery. Once you find out what's happening, it's uh, horrifying. Julia Roberts usually doesn't do things that I'm that interested in watching, but this absolutely captivated me. And um, the lead actor was one of the most likable humans ever. Stephen James, I just, I fell in love with him so much. I wish this had captured me the way it captured you. Because I did, I felt it was going long. I felt like 
It was a, one of those mysteries that will unravel, but you can't follow because you're never going to see where it goes. And that always drives me crazy when it's not a movie. Oh, and, you see where it goes. And you see where it goes? Oh, yeah. It takes like four episodes before you're really like seeing where it's going. Well, that's what I mean. Like, I watched a show this year called Castle Rock, which takes all the Stephen King stuff and just kind of puts it in its own universe. And I fell out of the show so quickly when they just dangle something in front of you that you don't know where it's going. And I just like, I hate that stuff. I can deal with it when it's an hour and a half. But when I'm watching eight episodes of it, it drives me crazy. You know, as I talk about it more and more, the more I'm like, maybe it goes back to number one. Um, I don't know. I haven't decided at this moment, clearly. All right. So what's my number two, smarty pants? Your number two is Mr. In-Between. That is true. Mr. In-Between is my number two show of 2018. This is a half hour action drama about a the the mundane life of a hitman and it is you know we feel like we've heard that before but there are comedic elements in it there's dramatic elements in it and it's from australia which just i just loved it so much that i'm so excited even more mr in between was fantastic and I can't wait for the second season that's coming. It's only six episodes. They're 30 minutes each. And I think you can get through them in like three hours. You're going to love it so much. Uh, Ivana, did you end up getting to Mr. Between? I totally watched it. I did enjoy it. It is certainly not near the bottom of my list, but it didn't make it in the top 10. I guess this is the closest thing to a comedy in my top five. Yeah, I didn't find it particularly funny, although there are amusing moments for there sure. There are amusing moments, uh, but but it's first and foremost a drama. This feels a little bit more down to earth. And there's something that is really cool about that because as he's killing people or dealing with bodies, you're not watching the um, you know, Hollywood version of being a killer a contract killer you're watching like what it would be to be a contract killer and he's just got this ridiculously interesting code about him respect is a big thing for him so if somebody does something that he, he doesn't respect you're gonna know about it and there's a great line about prison there are consequences to being a dick in prison and there are not in the real life and he is the one doling out that justice. I that's what makes him so likable. Well, we have we have narrowed our list down to number 1. Ivana, I guess it's Killing Eve. Killing Eve was so damn fun. It was so damn fun. I had zero interest based on the advert like the advertising which made it seem like this really serious show. It's it, it is a drama, but it's like fun and it's all about having fun and it's all about this interplay between this, um, I guess, MI6 agent who is played by Sandra Oh, and she does an amazing job in this performance, and her sort of nemesis, this contract killer who she's trying to track down, and 
their relationship and um the contract killer is like i didn't really realize how big of a role she would have she's fucking delightful she's so she's she's exactly what you would think from a sociopath she's really fucking charming so charming and fun because she's like 25 and just living her life living her best life when she busts into sandro's apartment and like I'm just here to have dinner with you. Like, it's great. Yeah, she's super, like, it's fucked up, their relationship, but I like it. And her obsession with hair, like a specific hairstyle. <laughs> well, and that she buys her all this stuff because she thinks she's gorgeous and her hair. And, I mean, she just literally killed her partner, which could Sandra be a Sandra O's partner? Yeah, in the club. He comes home after that dinner scene. No, like, oh, her, 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 her cop partner. Her cop partner. Sorry, I thought you meant life partner. I'm like, what? No, <laughs> no, no. Sandro and the life partner. Who the hell knows what's going to happen in a season two with those two maniacs? But all I know is I had a great time with this show. It is a great number one pick. I, I just, you know, we're moving off your number one, which is so much fun. And easy to go through to my incredibly depressing number one that I couldn't get out of my head for three weeks afterwards. And that is Patrick Melrose. Oh, I didn't. I don't know anything about this, although it is on my to watch list. I just never got to it. Patrick Melrose is five episodes long. Every episode is a different time in Patrick's life. And it all revolves around a single act that happened when he was young and how it has affected the rest of his entire life where you see him through these stages. It is beautiful and horrifying and the power, the power struggle of a family. Damn, this is such good television. I, I didn't even expect this to hit my list. I didn't even expect to watch this show. Becky and I one night put on the first episode and I couldn't stop. I went to bed at three in the morning. Is it a a limited series? It is. It is five episodes and it's done. Benedict Cumberbatch. Good stars. Jennifer Jason Lee. Wow. Hugo Weaving as the most terrifying father in like the history of the world. It is. I don't want to give anything else away. It is literally each episode is a time period in Patrick Melrose's life from the chaotic, insane first episode to the surreal ending. It is fantastic. It looks beautiful. Like it looks beautifully shot. I kind of want to like compare it, even though it's not something you should compare to this movie, but it looks like call me by your name. Like, it looks like that. It is not Call Me By Your Name. Call Me By Your Name is a beautiful, wonderful story of, you know, coming of age. This is not that story. But they look similar maybe because a lot of it's taken in France and in Europe. Uh, but I I loved this movie or this TV show. And it's each episode is just as long as it lasts. I think, like. The first episode is 45 minutes. The second one's like 30 minutes. I don't I, like they're not all they're just as long as they have to be. That's really cool. So that's it. That's our list. Now, now we, we have, have to, to do the, do the we joint. Do it? 
Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, so now we've got to make this list. Yes. All right. Well, after all the work that Killing Eve has done, making it two and then one and it being on my list and being on your list, I think Killing Eve at number one works. I love that. And I am so down to put Patrick Melrose in number two. All right. Well, next up on yours is is Homecoming, which I didn't. I did not love Homecoming. No. So I would say that Homecoming should be in the top 10, but definitely not in the top five. So let's put a pin in it. Okay. But what about, wait a minute. What about Mr. Inbetween? Ooh, Mr. Inbetween. You really liked it. I liked it. I could live with that being in the number three slot. Okay. Then let's, let's put Cobra Kai because I think I'm going to love it. Oh, my God. You are going to love Cobra Kai. All right. So Cobra Kai. And then uh, I've got Titans, which you haven't seen. We both saw Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Yeah, I would say, why don't we put a pin in Titans? Make sure it's on the list, but maybe a little bit lower. This is mostly because I'm so superheroed out. I don't know how I will react to it. Um, So let's like Homecoming. Let's put a pin in Titans. Okay, so what 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 are we missing off your list though? Um the next thing on my list is Altered Carbon. And I think having watched Sabrina and Altered Carbon, Altered Carbon is a more sophisticated world-building show, but Sabrina is fun and we both liked it. So I I'm I'm in a toss up. What do you think? Well, we've got, uh, so we've got Altered Carbon, 911, and we both have Barry on our list as well. So what are you thinking? Do you think that. I kind of feel like Barry should move up. Put Barry number five. I like that. I think that's a good call. And then you saw Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I did. I, I do I think that Altered Carbon Al- is better, but I, it, because but we I both saw it. I haven't seen it and I don't. I don't know that it's better. All right. I'll put, I'm okay with putting Chilling Adventures of Sabrina in number six and then Altered Carbon in number seven. And now, let where was num- 911 on your top 10? 911 for me was at number five on my. Have we covered everything you had above it? We haven't done Titans and we haven't done Homecoming. All right. I think that because you didn't like Homecoming. What if we put that in the number 10 spot? Yeah, we can do that. And what if Titans went in the number 9 spot due to my superhero fatigue? Sure. That leaves number 8, which the only things I have left that I really care about are, well, I got 911. And what else do you have? Haunting of Hill House. I would say those are the ones. Oh, let's put the haunting in. More than 911? Yeah, here's the thing. Haunting of Hill House was a phenomenon. Yeah, and it was also so cinematic. Exactly. You even called it a movie in your conversation. So I think The Haunting of Hill House has to go in the number eight. Okay, I like this. That means we got a list. We have a list. All right, let's kick this baby off. We're going to go through it one by one, starting with you, Ivana. Number 10. Homecoming. Number nine, Titans. Number eight, Haunting of Hill House. Number seven, Altered Carbon. Number six, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Number five, Barry. Number four, Cobra Kai. 
Number three is Mr. In-Between. Number two, Patrick Melrose. And the number one television series, brand new to 2018, is Killing Eve. Wow. What a list. I think that together... We almost made a better list than our individual lists. I agree. You know what I love? I love doing these top tens because they're really hard. And we always end up talking almost, almost entirely about 20 different programs because you and I are just programmed that way. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I got to know real quick. What's at the bottom of your list? Uh, The most bottom show I have, Living Biblically. The most bottom show I have is The Good Cop. Ah, oh, that's like in the middle of my list. <laughs> and then Legacies. Never saw it. I had Life Sentence, which I felt felt rude to cancer survivors somehow to me. Oh, and then I had uh and then I had Black Lightning, which is a CW superhero show which started so strong and then by episode 3 I was like this is terrible. Mm. I had champions. Oh, I really wanted that to do well. I know, but it didn't. (laughs) Now, just before our Oscars mini-sode, we assigned some homework. We asked you to watch The Favorite. And we didn't forget about that. We are going to talk about it on our next episode. So do not forget to watch that movie with us. It is an Oscar contender and it might be good. And that's our show. Thank you so much for listening and be sure to tune in again next time. If you'd like to support the show, you can hop onto your podcast service, subscribe. And if you're really feeling generous, you can give us a quick rating or review. Our intro song comes from bensound.com and we encourage you to check out our show notes for more information about our music, our talented voice actors and sound effects. Ivana and I love hearing from you. So we built a website on how you can reach us at morethanmovies.net. But in case you hate websites, you can email us, hello at morethanmovies.net. Find us on Facebook, More Than Movies Podcast. Or catch either of us on Twitter directly. I'm at It's Ivana. And I'm at Jester J. Thanks again for spending some time with us. We'll be back again next time with an all-new commercial-free episode. And until next time, friends. Do more. And watch more. 